All right, Christmas boxes, that is going to be a great way to celebrate and be one church that watches on home on December 24th. I'm so glad to be a part of a church that's missional in our thinking for Christmas. I know you are too, so those Christmas boxes are going to be awesome. Okay, before we get started, I want to take a moment and welcome in all of our campuses, whether you are watching in Gainesville, Denton, Louisville, Venue, Flower Mound, or online, somewhere in the world, wherever you are today. Let's welcome each other together today. And it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Trees are going up all over the place. Peppermint lattes are being sipped throughout the country. There are so many people that are getting Amazon boxes each and every day on their front doorsteps. They got no more room in their house. There's so many dads that are picking up the same bowl of lights that they so diligently wrapped last year. And thinking to themselves, how is it possible that these lights could be tangled beyond the hope of Jesus? It's Christmas. And expectancy is high. And it is a little bit of a strange Christmas. I know that. I probably have never seen Christmas trees go up as fast as they did this year. If you put your tree up before Thanksgiving, do not raise your hand. We know who you are. And we want you to know it's okay. Because Christmas this year is a little bit like an adult Snuggie. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But it's so comfy. So if that's you, if you put up that Christmas tree, you just give your tree a hug. It's okay. Because this is a weird year. We could use some comfort this year. This is a year that has things like runs on toilet paper throughout the course of the whole year. Like who would have thought that was going to happen? I've heard of people having uh, office Christmas parties that are drive through office Christmas parties. As if office Christmas parties weren't already that awkward. So it's a strange Christmas. But there's an expectancy this year. There's probably the biggest expectancy that I can remember in my lifetime. Christmas, an expectation of peace, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Christmas, a chance to take a breath, to rest, to give and speak kind words to those that we love. Christmas, a time to slow down and really consider what really matters. Expectations are really, really high this year. And one year, I had a 2020 Christmas, which included very high expectations. You see, my expectation was that I was going to receive the one and only gift that I asked for. I asked for a 10-speed Huffy mountain bike, which is basically the best bike that's ever been created. And so that's all I asked for that year. That's the only present that I wanted. And so as we progressed through the opening of the presents, I, I understood that like a, like, you know, a bicycle's not going to fit underneath the Christmas tree, so I'm not expecting to see it underneath the Christmas tree. So we, uh, we did all the stockings. We did all the other, you know, minuscule minor presents until uh, we get ready for the, the Huffy bike. And uh, so at the end, we were going to go downstairs and open this one final present, this one giant box that I knew that was wrapped downstairs, uh, the piece de resistance, if you will, of Christmas. And so we were all getting ready to head uh, downstairs, and we were going to wrap it together. It didn't have a to or from tag on it. And so, I mean, this is it. Like, this is the moment. So uh, I got ready to unwrap it, and as we unwrapped it, to my surprise, it was my sister's giant Barbie dream house. It was not my huffy 10 speed and that and that was a really dis, that was a big disappointment that was an unmet expectation so much so that i actually said 
<laughs> I actually sat down and I like could not get over it. I was so frustrated. I was so angry. I was so angry that it was hard for me to even notice when my parents went to the garage and rolled in the 10-speed Huffy mountain bike. Imagine this, I'm driving around, I'm riding around my neighborhood, like white-knuckled. I'm still angry as I'm riding the bike, <laughs> thinking about the unmet expectation of not getting the bicycle. And isn't that so like 2020? And isn't that so like us to miss the very thing that God has already given to us? Isn't that so like our condition that we, we, we have these unmet expectations, these disappointments that we live with, and by the time we get to the actual thing, by the time we actually think about what God has done, we almost miss all of it. You see, I think that this year is very, very high on expectations. The, the question is, what are your ex- expectations? How's your expectancy? What are you expecting? More specifically, are you expecting the goodness of God more than you're expecting the brokenness of the world? Have you this year expected the goodness of God more than you've expected the brokenness of the world? Like expectation, like anticipate, expect to dwell on God's goodness more than you anticipate, expect, or to dwell on the brokenness of of the world, because I think for a lot of us, this has been the year of expectations, both good and bad, both met and unmet. And so this Christmas has a feeling of expectation, but on both levels, both the goodness of God and the, the brokenness of the world. See, Psalm 34, 8 tells it to us like this, taste and see that the Lord is good. What I want you to catch is, this is a Christmas verse. Taste and see that the Lord is is good, despite, in spite, above what's happening in the world. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Notice it doesn't say, wait and see for the other shoe to drop. (laughs) Taste and see that the Lord is good. Can I just tell you, God is so good. And his goodness is flowing all through your life. His goodness is pouring in around you. I think this season a lot of us have been waiting uh, to see the other shoe to drop. I know for myself, when I'll go to the news sometimes, I'll, I'll watch it. I feel like I'm like watching it with one hand over my eyes, like just waiting for the bad news. Or you, or you go to your phone and you're reading these articles. And you're like, oh, great, what happened next? I talked, I talked to somebody this last week that said they're actually afraid to answer an actual phone call, not because of telemarketers, but because they're waiting for the next piece of bad news that's going to come through. Who's sick? Who lost a job? What's going on? It's like we're waiting to see the other shoe to drop. But that's not Christmas. Christmas is the Lord is good. Christmas is a thrill of hope. Christmas is when hope came down in the form of a baby, and that hope has never left. And that's why we can taste and see that the Lord is good. Remember the world the baby Jesus was born into. That world was a tough world. There's a lot of shoes dropping in that world. That, that world was under uh, Roman rule and, and taxation and, and the next bad news that was going to come through their cycle. And yet, the people of God held on to hope in the midst of despair. You see, it's really simple. Hope has a definition. Hope is the confident expectation of the goodness of God. But despair is a fearful expectation of the brokenness of the world. Where does your expectation lie? What are you expecting? 
Because hope is the confident expectation. I'm going to see the goodness of God despite what is going on in the world around me. Despair is when I still have an expectation. It's just the fearful expectation of the brokenness of the world. I think a lot of us have lived this year with an expectation of all of the broke down things ready to happen. So I guess, so here's my question. How's your expectancy? What are you expecting right now? Some of y'all are super excited about Christmas, like this is going to be the greatest Christmas ever. Some of y'all are super excited to get into the new year. And some of you are just kind of dragging into it. Just waiting for the next bad news, waiting for the next bad thing to happen. If that's you this year, if your expectancy has been all over, just focus on the brokenness of the world. If you have, not even just expected, if you've experienced it, I just want to speak this to you. If you feel like you're part of that weary world and your hope has been lost throughout the course of this year, you lost that job, maybe you lost a loved one, maybe uh, your heart is just hurting, I want to speak to you out of Proverbs 23. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Surely there's a future for you. Your hope in Jesus' name will not be cut off. And some of you are hearing that right now. You just need to receive that for yourself. Your year has been so heavy. You've had so many unmet expectations. You've had so much disappointment that it's even difficult to hear that verse right there. But hear me. God is good to you. He loves you. His hope is rising even as you hear this. So don't despair. There is a future. The Christmas story is a story of hope. And it's not just relevant for 2,000 years ago. It's relevant for right now. The Christmas story reminds us to expect the goodness of God. Well, how do we do that? Well, to set Christmas in in the correct framework, you've got to understand, the people of God had been waiting a long time for the goodness of God to appear. In fact, they'd been waiting 400 years. It's called the 400 years of silence that happened right before Jesus came to earth. During that time, there hadn't been any new prophets, any new uh, revelation from God. It had been a serious period of waiting. And, and during that time, they'd been oppressed, then been beat down. People are taking them over. There was a lot of the waiting game played for them. 400 years of waiting to see the goodness of God come in the form of a baby in a manger. Maybe that's you this year. Maybe you've played the waiting game this year, but in different ways. Waiting for school to come back. Waiting for relational breakthrough. Waiting for your health to turn for the better. If that's you, then you can empathize with the Jewish people that first Christmas. You can kind of put the story into context. And maybe when you think about Christmas, you think to yourself, well, that's all fine and well, but I'm not like those characters. Like, I'm not like Mary, like pondering all these things in my heart. And I'm, and I'm not like Joseph, like I'm not loyal and faithful all the time and like just being able to, you know, stick by the side no matter what is going to happen. I'm not like an angel, like, like fear not, you have nothing to be afraid of. Like I don't, I don't see myself as the character in that story. Well, maybe you can't relate with all of the classic Christmas characters, but maybe you can relate with Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna are two of the most uh, underrated Christmas characters because both of them had to wait a long time, but both of them built a a heart, a mind, a a person of of expectancy waiting for the goodness of God. In fact, check out Simeon here in this passage. 
At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. He had revealed to him that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God. And there is the Bible's Lion King moment. Ah, Sabenya, like holds up Jesus, dedicates him blesses Joseph and Mary. This was a guy that lived with a lot of expectancy. What I want you to catch about Simeon is that he expected to see the goodness of God. He had expectancy. He expected to see the goodness of God. So I would encourage you, every day from now all the way to Christmas... What if you just woke up in the mornings and even just said, God, I expect to see your goodness today. What if that's the first thing you said when you woke up to face the day? God, I expect to see your goodness today. Because what you have to catch is what you expect, you will see. What you expect, you will see Because your life, and really Christmas, is far more prophetic than you realize. Your life and the things that you start to build an expectation for, the very expectation we live our lives with are the very outcomes we will see. You see, Simeon lived like Romans 4.17. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. See, we follow a God that lives with an expect to see. He actually calls forth things that are not in our life. And because of that, we can do the very same thing. And I know that's difficult, but this expectancy, this living to see the goodness of God, of calling things forth, that is the way of the kingdom. You see, Christmas is a reminder to hope against all hope, to truly call things that are not in Jesus' name. Simeon was old. And his people had been beat down for 400 years, and yet this guy was eagerly waiting for the goodness of God. Some of y'all have aged 400 years in 2020. I used to have hair. That's not true. I was born bald. Okay, but you can have an expectancy like Simeon, and you can call forth the things that are not as though they are. Let me ask you, what's the not in your life right now? What's the knot that you can't see happening? Like it's, it's way beyond what you can ever imagine. Maybe it's a cannot. I, I cannot get through to my kid. I cannot seem to make any traction at work. I cannot stop looking at dot, 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 dot. What's that cannot? Because you can call it forth and what you expect you will see in Jesus' name. Where do you need hope? Because I challenge you to speak hope into that specific area. Maybe you cannot see how things are going to work out on the finances side. Like, God, I cannot see how I'm going to pay the bills this month. But I declare, God, you are my provider. God, I declare you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And if you will take care of things like birds and flowers, you will take care of me. God, I believe that you will meet all my needs according to your glorious riches. God, I call it out in my life. 
I expect to see your goodness in my finances. What's the cannot, what's the cannot in your life? God, I cannot see how my marriage is going to work for, how it's going to come to pass, how we're going to be able to stay together, how we're going to be able to just live with one another. I, I don't have a lot of hope in my marriage right now. I cannot see how my marriage is going to survive this season. But then you call it forth in Jesus' name. But God, you, you've given me the ability to be faithful. You've given me the ability to speak life into my spouse. I can declare uh, that we are going to uh, represent the love of Jesus and his church, that we're going to stay married. And so I call forth with expectancy healing in my marriage. What's the cannot in your life? God, I cannot see how my body is going to be healed from this sickness. I don't know how that's going to happen. But I know that I serve a God of miracles I serve, I serve a God who can heal anything and do anything. I serve Jesus, and by his stripes, I can be healed. And so I'm going to declare it in Jesus' name. What's the cannot in your life? Begin to expect it, and then you will see it, and call it forth with expectancy. Call it forth with the expectancy of Jesus. What are you eagerly waiting on right now in your life? Can I just encourage you? Call it forth in Jesus' name. Live with the kind of expectancy of Simeon. All right, let me tell you about the other person in the story. A person that lived with great expectancy. This is Anna. There was also a prophet, Anna. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple. But she worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Man, I love Anna. We need some more Annas in life. Anna lived with a confident expectation of the goodness of God. Anna cultivated a heart of hope in a world of despair. And what I want you to catch about her story here is that she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. That is, Anna chose not to leave the presence of God because Anna knew that wherever the presence of God resides, that's where hope resides. And what I want you to see is that she was pretty old. She waited a long time, but she never believed that God was holding out on her. She always believed that God was holding something for her. So she expected, she anticipated, in fact, I'm going to speak that over your life. God's not holding out on you. He's holding something for you. And so to live with an expectancy is to say, man, God, I believe by faith that wherever you're leading is better than where I've been, that you're holding something for me in this season, and I'm going to call that out in Jesus' name. So Anna lived, and she prayed, and she worshiped in the temple. She stayed in the presence of God. That is where hope resides. And it actually says, she never left the temple. Did you know that God doesn't leave the temple either? See, the scriptures describe us in Jesus as the temple of the living God. So that means that God never leaves you. God never leaves you. So you can hold on to verses like God will never leave you or forsake you in this season. If you have Jesus, you have the temple of the living God inside of you, and God never leaves the temple. So he'll never leave you either. That's what Anna had known. She cultivated being in the presence of God, and you can too. 
In Jesus' name, when you have Jesus, you are literally the place where hope resides because wherever the presence of God resides, that's where the hope of God resides. God's presence keeps our expectancy alive. It shows us that we can expect to see his goodness. The very essence of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God in us, allows us to experience that hope rising in our hearts. You're probably familiar with this passage. Psalm 23 says, Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I just tell you, God's goodness is tailgating you. But it's the kind of tailgate you want, because God's goodness is behind you, and it's beside you, and it's in front of you, and it's surrounding you and pouring over your life. And God's goodness is filling you up with hope. In a world of despair, God's goodness is following you. It's so close. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus, you already do. In Jesus, you already dwell literally in the house of the Lord. And so this season, like Anna, you can experience the presence of God flowing in and through your life. And you can experience the hope that comes with that. When it comes to the expectation of the goodness of God, when it comes to hope, hope isn't something you're trying to find out here somewhere. Hope is something that you experience in here. It's realizing that God is with you. And if God is with you, then nothing and no one can be against you. If God's for you, you can always hold on to hope. So real quick, here's how to find hope. Here's how to expect to see the goodness of God. Three things, real quick. It's just this. Worship, pray, and hold on to hope. Worship. Worship's when you choose to turn your attention and your affection up to God. When you raise him above the situations and the circumstances in your life, when you choose that Jesus is going to be truly enthroned in your heart, when you keep that posture, when you stay in the presence of God, you can't help but build an expect to see of the goodness of God. So that is part of why we worship. It fills us up. It changes. I encourage all of you, grab a hold of our Spotify, our Spotify playlist. Go onto YouTube. Grab worship songs for Valley Creek Church. Some of them are Christmas songs. Put those things on repeat. Fill your home and your heart with worship and let it begin to change you from the inside out. Pray. Anna prayed continuously. God invites us to pray, but not in formal language, not in some kind of like, you know, these and thous. To pray and just pour out your heart to God and believe that he hears you. And when he hears you, he hears your prayers as if Jesus himself were praying them. Why? Because if Jesus is inside of you, then God the Father sees you and hears you like Jesus is inside of you. He hears your prayers. So why don't you just, what if you just cried out to God? And just told him how you're hurting and why you're hurting and, 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 and thanking him for who he is and just having this conversation. Prayer is a great way to begin to expect to see the goodness of God. And then finally, hold on to hope. Here's what I want you to think about on this one. Whenever you see a picture of, of Mother Mary like holding baby Jesus, I want you to think that's holding on to hope. Every time this Christmas season, you see Mary and baby Jesus, she was holding on to hope. So worship, pray, hold on to hope. Real easy handles for how to build an expectancy of the goodness of God 
in your life. So let me ask you, what are you expecting? How's your expectancy? That first Christmas after 400 long years, 400 beat down years, the birth of a baby would ensure that hope would never die. And the goodness of God can be experienced in tangible form and the very same is true for you today. So what have you come to expect this year? Have you come to expect the goodness of God more than you expect, anticipate, dwell on the brokenness of the world? If not, what an opportunity as we start this Christmas season. Maybe it's time for all of us to remember the words that are sung every single Christmas. A thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. I don't know that I've ever seen the world more weary than right now. And maybe that's you. Maybe your weary world needs to rejoice in Jesus' name. If that's you, I invite you to truly hold on to hope, to begin to anticipate, to expect the goodness of God in your life. You see, God is so good. And he's so good, not just good in and of himself, he's good to you. And so if you're weary, if you're hurting this season, I invite you to hold on to hope, to live with expectancy, to expect to see the goodness of God in your life. Worship, pray, hold on to hope. Let's go into this Christmas season full of expectancy. Would you pray with me? So Jesus, we just declare that over our lives and over our church even right now. We expect to see your goodness, God. We expect to see uh, you working out things on our behalf, making a way where there is no way. We take hold of the hope that they took hold of 2,000 years ago. After all those years of waiting, after all those years of unmet expectations, after all those years of disappointments, hope would arrive in the form of a baby in a manger. And that hope has never died. I speak that over each and every person listening to this right now. The hope of Christmas is alive and it's well and the goodness of God is pouring all over your life. The goodness of God is flowing around you and in you and through you. And you can begin to expect to see it. It's not just for somebody else. It's for you in Jesus' name. It's not just for them. It's for you. It's not just a concept that's out here somewhere. You can tap into the goodness of God because the very presence of God, the very place that he resides, the very temple, if you're in Jesus, is yours. It's inside of you. So you can tap into it even now. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness, that you sustained us, that you are our provision, that you are our living hope. We choose right now to lean in, to tap into that hope. Lord, for each one of us, I pray that each person hearing this, starting tomorrow, would wake up and expect to see the goodness of God. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen.